Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, Alex Burrell. He is a uh, longtime regular on the program. He's both a personal favorite, and uh, we get great feedback uh, when he's on the show, so I think he's a fan favorite as well. He's with one of my favorite uh, think tanks. We've talked about it often, and I talk about it. Uh, your ears, or at least AEI's ears, burn probably between segments because I, I talk every once so about who's good in this space of, of uh, uh, think tanks, and, and that list has gotten smaller and smaller, frankly, since uh, 2020, in my opinion. But one that's head and shoulders and has been above the rest is the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, Alex's background is vast. Uh, he was the chief economist over at the House Ways and Means Committee. He's worked for um, uh, conservative administrations in the White House and uh, has been a fellow at uh, AEI now for uh, quite some time. Fill in some of those gaps, uh, Alex, in terms of anything I may have missed. Um, the website is AEI.org and uh, talk a little bit about exactly what you normally do for uh, AEI topic-wise, focus-wise. Sure. Always great to be with you and back on the show. Uh, yeah, AEI, as you noted, is a uh, is a think tank in Washington. It's one of the largest and oldest think tanks in Washington, um, committed to principles of free enterprise, um, a, a strong belief in the in the power of the of the private sector um, and, and free market enterprise. And uh, yeah, over at AI, I spend my time thinking a lot about fiscal policy. So that's tax policy, budget policy, the big entitlement programs like Medicare and Social Security. Um, and I think both about sort of the economics of those programs, like how exactly they, they work and how they affect the economy. And I think about the politics of making those programs uh, uh, better and more efficient. Uh, efficient. Um, and uh, other colleagues of mine you know, work on similar issues and, 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 and a broader set of issues as well, from, from foreign and defense policy to technology policy to, to getting into the weeds of healthcare policy. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you guys do. So let's talk a little bit about a topic that is not getting a whole lot of airtime. kind of blows my mind. Uh, we have become so theatrical. Uh, we live in a time where we have more 24-7 news media uh, on television. Uh, we have around-the-clock radio news coverage. Uh, we, of course, have so many websites. They're literally uh, screwing up uh, maybe in the dozens on, on an annual basis that end up getting some, some play, getting some importance. And yet there is very little talk about the fact that we're about to hit another major fiscal deadline where we're looking at government shutdowns. Uh, we already uh, barely got by one just a few months ago that actually had an impact on our credit rating, um, which uh, has a devastating effect on a country fiscally. Uh, you know, we go, oh, is this a little one just once? But those things really do add up. Just ask the people in Argentina, which has one of the worst economies in the Western Hemisphere um, because of the fact that they would not pay their bills or even negotiate their bills or, and, and that type of thing. And uh, it's a pretty dire situation, and it's odd to see it get such little coverage. Yeah, so um – I guess maybe uh, people are getting tired of it, um, but that doesn't make it unimportant. Um, so maybe the reporters are getting tired of it. Maybe the readership is getting tired of it. Um, but as you noted, um, uh, it, it is quite serious. The, the issue at, at hand is, to be, uh, to be precise, uh, is uh, at the end of this month, on September 30th of this month, um, 
federal fund, uh, you know, funding authorization for the federal government is set to expire. Um, and so if Congress fails to pass uh, appropriations bills or more likely what's called a continuing resolution, uh, we will be in a another government shutdown. Uh, when a government shutdown occurs, uh, federal workers uh, um, who, are non, who are deemed non-essential um, don't go to work, uh, don't get paid and don't go to work. Um, uh, and this has, you know, huge consequences, of course, uh, for those individuals and for the economy uh, more broadly, um, and 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 big political implications too, because it it illustrates the dysfunction of government and is usually not well perceived by voters. Um, and we seem to be headed towards that. Now, you know, uh, anything can happen. Uh, a deal could be struck at the last minute, um, but at the moment, um, the House of Representatives does not seem uh, prepared uh, to to pass one of these uh, so-called continuing resolutions, extensions in the funding of government, which is, um, I think, what the Senate and the administration is hoping to do. And so they're they're staring down this uh, this this barrel of of, uh, of just a couple weeks to go before uh, it becomes very real very quickly. And it's a big challenge uh, for House leadership and for in particular for Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, and so it seems like. This time, the last time we were uh, dealing with this, which, again, was just earlier this year, they at least were having daily conversations. You're getting press conferences happening by both the White House and uh, the House of Representatives. You know, there was something that looked like action taking place. I'm not seeing hardly anything. I mean, this is kind of bizarre. We're talking, what, two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks. That's right. And and very (laughs) – Very little, um, very little, certainly very little conversation with the administration. There's certainly been news coverage that Senate Republicans are are not uh, on the same page as, as House Republicans in terms of the appropriate strategy here. Um, the uh, the news yesterday of the House opening an impeachment inquiry probably makes it a little bit more difficult for there to be productive conversations between. Um, the White House and uh, the House of Representatives on these matters. Um, although, you know, sometimes more than one thing can happen at the same time. So perhaps, um, but but ultimately, I, we're going to get a lot closer uh, to September 30th um, before uh, anything starts to move, in my view. And I think there's a good chance um, that that day comes and uh, comes and goes with, without a resolution, which means that we may find ourselves in a uh, in a, a government shutdown how long that will last is hard to know um you know it it won't be forever eventually things will will unlock and there'll be a breakthrough but there could be some disruption and that will have as i noted before that will have some at least temporary macroeconomic implications um so it may may bring down fourth quarter gdp a little bit um, most of that will probably be recouped in the beginning of next year, but it does, it's not without consequence. Yeah, and, and another chip away at, the, uh, at our credit rating potentially. Like, again, we've had one of the largest ones do that from the last one, and those are very hard to recover from. Yeah, those are, you know, those are signals uh, clearly um, uh, to the market. They should be signals to policymakers um, uh, about the uh, – the credit agency's view of the operations and functioning of the political system in which we operate. <laughs> um, and there's more concern 
um, today than there has been in the past, and I think that's what, what constituted that downgrade uh, a few months ago. Yeah, and this seems to me, I mean, they are just, they, the House, seems to be biting at the bit over the uh, situation with impeaching, um, you know, uh, Biden. Uh, and again, I, I, I got to be careful. I, I really don't think that uh, Kevin McCartney is that thrilled about it. Uh, you know, in spite of his firm announcement, uh, I think he would rather see them do something else. But you talk about wag the dog, the tail wagging the dog. That is this house. The worst thing that could happen uh, to the uh, crazy wing of the GOP in the House is that they actually had uh, a consensus speaker <laughs> because he wouldn't tolerate this kind of insanity. Yeah, uh, the politics of this is incredibly difficult, um, both um, for for Kevin McCarthy himself um, and, and for Republicans in general. So there's just a wide range of views um, among uh, the Republic within the Republican caucus. Um, about this, uh, those on the on the extreme right of the caucus have very vocal and strongly held views about um, moving forward with this impeachment, about not funding government unless um, their per- exact uh, demands are met. Um, and there are others in the caucus, uh, centrists, who um, who are you know are very frustrated um, with their with their colleagues. And, and Kevin McCarthy is uh, is stuck uh, trying to hold everybody together. Um, both to hold on to the speakership, but also to hold on to the the Republican majority uh, uh, after the next election. Yeah, and just for full disclosure, I'm, I'm not saying there isn't a reason to impeach Joe Biden. What I am saying is that there's criteria that's always been required to be met before they even do an inquiry, which has not been met. That 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 is fairly clear. Uh, personally, though, you know uh, this. Both parties seem to like to produce characters that would not have even been considered a couple of decades before. I, it, 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 you know, be it age problems, be it ethical problems, and usually that those two and much more. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, I, it's very sad for me to watch. You know, and you were talking about it. You know, and I'm, I, I really was almost a laughable statement of a consensus candidate. Uh, it's interesting. Like Congress, the House almost has four different parties. Don't you think? It's got like a Trump wing, a desperately trying to hold on moderate, reasonable wing uh, as, uh, of Rep- those two being Republicans, and then you got an AOC wing, and um, really compared to them, a moderate wing of uh, Democrats. I mean, and there's like really hard demarcation lines as if each are separate parties. Well, you know that is such a a true and and fair observation. It's also a point that um, that many people don't make because uh, people who have a, a particular political preference like to say um, they're more likely to say that there are three parties, right? There's like they'll say that within their own party there's a little bit of a variation about opinions, but that the other party is only crazy, right? You know, right. A, lot of, a lot of people who are like to say like. Everyone in the Republican Party is a MAGA Republican, or everyone right. in the Democratic Party uh, stands behind AOC. And those things aren't true, um, uh, luckily. Um, but 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 that's how the political um, you know, uh, descriptions are often uh, por- portrayed. But in reality, there's diversity um, uh, within both parties, and you know that's you know it's nice to have different opinions you know big tent we used to call it in the old days right you know but um but it, it it's also uh it's also reasons for concern 
right, uh, on both sides. Yeah, and, and the moderate, more reasonable Republicans, you know, all of them are at least right of center, I would say, ending more right. You know, that's how it goes. And, and a lot of these megatypes, they're not even conservative. In my mind, they're more status, the kind of uh, yeah. approach that they have. You know, and, and this is now we're getting kind of geeky about philosophy, but really you have to be to understand what's going on here. But really only guys who have been there for a really long time and have solid relationships with their district uh, can be anything but MAGA and survive politically in the G- GOP. It's not quite like that in the, uh, on, the, on the Democratic League. But I tell you, there's a bunch of moderate Repub- uh, Democrats who could not run like an AOC and get elected. They just simply couldn't do it. It'd be nice if there was more nuanced conversation, but the media is way more obsessed with what's going on uh, with uh, these impeachments that are going on and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Kim Jong-un's uh, train that uh, went to Russia <laughs> rather than the implications of that meeting that he had uh, where the uh, Russians, the, the North Koreans have stockpiled all kinds of bullets and military equipment back from the Soviet year that's still useful that uh, Putin needs to desperately get his hands on. That, I haven't heard any of that conversation. I had a great conversation with a retired general today about why is that not being covered. The media is really more like an entertainment network. They're all like entertainment networks. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've heard lots more about uh, the train uh, than I have heard about uh, the content of uh, the discussions and the issues that are at risk uh, as a result of the, the meeting um, be- between the North Koreans and the Russians. Um, and, and that speaks to the, to the entertainment issue. Uh, what really matters is what's happening between them, um, you know, uh, more than the mode of transportation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Alex Burrell, he is with the American Enterprise Institute, AEI.org. Always love having you on the program. Look forward to chatting again soon. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.